0: Episode 146 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and we're talking about the Bengals 2020 draft. Plus, will we see baseball this summer? There's a plan in place, but will it alter the majors forever? Plus, some more news on local sports. It's all here on episode 146. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and northern Kentucky, from eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. Why, yes, that is a new opening for this podcast. And the previous two episodes had new openings as well. And this still is the podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Thanks for joining this podcast again, episode 146. Great to talk with you. And some good news to talk about today. A lot of it's bad. But first, I'd like to start off with a big thank you to my previous three guests that I had on the podcast. That would be Chris Collins, Larry Hanskin, and Steve Baker, the voices of Wright State, Dayton, and Miami Athletics. A lot of fun learning from three broadcasters that I respect and three broadcasters that I listen to a lot during the fall and winter seasons that be football and men's basketball so a lot of fun if you want to go back and listen to them it's episodes 142 for Chris Collins 144 for Larry Hansgen, and the last one 145 for Steve Baker again a lot of fun and hopefully we'll get to some more interviews for future episodes during this quarantine Well, I mentioned we're going to talk about the Bengals draft. We're going to save that for last, actually, because there is a lot of news to plow through in this episode. And we'll start off with some bad. You know, summer season, what's the sport you think of the most? It's probably baseball, but soccer's in there, too. Well, to sum it up, no soccer. As the... Leagues of the WPSL and USL League 2 have decided no action for 2020. Now, the Cincinnati Dutch Lions already called off the season. It's about a week or two before the USL League 2 made the decision. But that means no Dayton Dutch Lions, no Cincinnati Sirens, and no soccer action in West Carrollton, Fairfield, or Highland Heights. Now, there was something I thought about. What about the Ohio Valley Premier League? Haven't seen any news as of yet, but if I do see anything, it'll be posted on social media, then we'll talk about it on a future episode. Hopefully there'll still be some action, but we'll see. So, yeah, that stinks. I was really looking forward to seeing the women's team signed a bunch of looks to be really strong athletes on this Dutch Lions squad. And Dayton-Cincinnati, great rivalry. I don't have to tell you my feelings about that. Dayton and the Columbus Eagles, I think that'd be a great rivalry too. None of it. No women's soccer, no men's soccer. Although, I will mention, the WPSL is looking at fall action. Yes, I said fall action. Now, of course... In the fall, what do you think of when it comes to soccer? In Ohio, it's high school or collegiate. And the ending of the MOS, which, by the way, they pushed back their starting date as well. So, yeah. The WPSL is looking at fall soccer. Which, uh, I don't know how that will work, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you why. And I mentioned it. College soccer. If the athletes are college-bound, if they're on a college team, how are you going to be able to fill up the teams? I don't know. I mean, hey, I, I, I like the thought, but we'll see. I do also want to bring up something that the Cincinnati Sirens are doing. They posted this on social media May the 4th, so a couple of days ago. The Sirens and the Cincinnati Swerve are running a food drive. Keller Williams Pinnacle Group is partnering with the Cincinnati Swerve and the Sirens in our National Red Day this year by collecting your non-perishable food items and delivering them to local food pantries in need. The collection date is Thursday, May 14th, so next week. Please have your items out on your porch that morning for pickup. Of course, if you're in the Cincinnati area... You know, that helps. In Dayton area, I think you have to drop it off somewhere. And be sure to let your agent or favorite player know you want to participate. So reach out to the players of the Sirens and the Swerve to say, Hey, I want to donate non-perishable foods. Which I don't know if they make the drive up to Dayton for that. So their personal goal, 2,020 items for the food drive. So contact on Twitter, Sin Sirens FC. And I really like that. So hats off, Sirens and Swerve. And hopefully it goes quite well. Again, that's next week, the 14th, Thursday the 14th. So non-perishables. Got any extras lying around that aren't expired? Donate. It'll do a lot of good. So no summer soccer this year. Summer baseball, on the other hand, is still on. However, you're going to have to wait until July the first the prospect league were the first league to push the starting date back to July 1st and then I think about a week afterwards the Great Lakes summer collegiate league did the same thing July 1st now in the prospect league the season was scheduled to start late May the 28th of May if I'm correct the Great Lakes June 5th this pushback cuts half of the schedule out for the Great Lakes. Prospect League be close to half because season goes until the first week of August. For the Great Lakes, you play the championship mid-August and that's it. Whereas Prospect League goes, I think, a week longer and then that's the end of summer collegiate ball around here. So, summer ball currently still on schedule. And now we'll talk about... Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. We'll start with the majors. There's been a couple of ideas tossed around by the brain trust of Rob Manfred and everyone trying to get the sport back in action. Here's the latest idea that MLB has tossed out, and this is from Matt Wyrick from NBCSports.com slash Washington. This is under the Nationals category. Although Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has maintained that he fully anticipates the sport will return in 2020, there's been few indications as to how, when, or where that might happen. Scroll down a little bit, a couple paragraphs. Under this proposal, MLB will toss out the American League and National Leagues in favor of three 10-team divisions based on geography. Teams would only play against the other clubs in their division, completing a regular season schedule of about 100 games before playing in an expanded playoff. So again, just to recap, no NL, no AL. What does that mean for the DH? Are all three going with the DH rule, meaning pitchers don't bat? Or is everyone going to have a pitcher bat? I think the way the sport has been trending, unfortunately, DH rule will probably be in fact for all 30 teams. Which AL, you know, it's another day at the ballpark. NL, hmm, when you're at AL ballparks, you have the DH rule, but normally you don't have that. So, I don't know. I mean, the roster has been expanded to 26, not just for doubleheaders, but, you know, 26 throughout the season. So, that is nice. So, maybe it'll work. I mean, DH is pretty much everywhere in baseball. College baseball, you have DHs. You rarely see pitchers hit. High school is a little bit different. DHs can go for position players. Like if you have a left fielder, that's extraordinary in the field. But batting mm, needs a little work. You can put the pitcher in there who's batting like 460 or something like that. So I think, I think that's how they're going to roll with it. I don't think the article actually says that. Look at the previous paragraph. Nope, nothing about that. Oh, the divisions, and who's in the divisions? Well, we'll start off in the Central. Your Cincinnati Reds will be part of this 10-team unit, along with the Cleveland Indians, meaning Ohio Cup all the time. Yay! Also with the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox, the Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, the Kansas City Royals, the Minnesota Twins, the Detroit Tigers, and the Atlanta Braves. I saved Atlanta for last, and I'll tell you why. There's a lot of people saying, why not Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh's in the East, and we'll cover the other two in a minute, but honestly, Cincinnati to Atlanta, it's a straight shot down 75, so I get it. And plus, historically, if you look at the rivalries, I mean, Reds-Dodgers, but that's not happening. Reds-Braves is there, so there you go. So I'm not, you know... I'm not losing sleep that Pittsburgh's not in it compared to Atlanta. But I, I like that mix. I really do. There's a lot of local teams and travel. For Cincinnati, you're going as far as... I think Kansas City would be the farthest. Maybe Minnesota. Actually, Minnesota would probably makes more sense. And the closest for Cincinnati? Well, just up 71 for Cleveland. Or Chicago, for that matter. So, the Reds will get... Familiar faces in the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cards. And also the Indians, because it's, you know, interleague play once a year. I, I like I kinda like it. I mean, still not crazy about the NL and AL going away, but geography that pretty much makes sense. Would you like to know who's in the East? Okay. It's the New York Yankees and New York Mets, the Boston Red Sox, the Washington Nationals, the Baltimore Orioles, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Miami Marlins, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Florida ones, you can make the argument central, but no, I, the central is pretty much Midwest. So, I, I Midwest and Atlanta. So I like it. So, and in the West, well, it's the rest of the 10 teams I didn't mention, but let's go over those. The Los Angeles Dodgers of Chavez Ravine, the Los Angeles Angels of Los Angeles, the San Francisco Giants, the Oakland Athletics, the San Diego Padres, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Colorado Rockies, Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, and Seattle Mariners. So yeah, that's pretty much a given. Uh, Pretty much your NL West is intact there. Your AL West, I think most of it's intact. I, I like you can spell a certain word that I won't say because I don't want to have to, you know, say this is a podcast with dirty language. But you can spell a certain word with the AL West caps. It's kind of funny, but there you go. So, yeah. I like this because it allows the teams to play in the home fields eventually, whereas the previous plan, all 30 teams go to Arizona. Although that's still on the table, according to this article, and according to ESPN. But because player-driven backlash against a no-visitors-allowed biosphere, that has forced MLB's hand to actually look into it. So yeah, again, that article, Matt Wyrick, I believe that's how you say that, from NBC Sports, Washington. I kind of like that idea. I mean, <laughs> I want sports back now so I can start working again. That'd be great. But I, I like it. I-, I I do like that idea. Um, geography-wise, uh eh. In the East, the trip to Florida is going to really stink for your New England, New York teams, and Toronto, I'm thinking about it, but same time, it's fairly packed in, Pennsylvania's got Philadelphia and Pittsburgh there, so that's a pretty nice rivalry, yeah, I I like the idea, what do you think? You can, you know, chime in, you know, get some more interaction on this podcast, that's what I like. So that is MLB's idea, latest idea. Will go through? I don't know. But hopefully so, because like I said, I, I really need sports back because it's been a little tough without them. It's been a little tough about work, but there you go. And now we talk about minor league baseball. Which, really, you've heard a rumor saying, oh, hey, MILB's canceled this year, and then MILB sends a press release saying, nope, that's not true. And now, apparently, they're still looking to get minor league baseball in, but it might be July. Which I think MLB, I think they're looking mid-June to start, for extended spring training 2.0? Actually, our good friend Doug Gray recently retweeted from the Jacksonville Jumble Shrimp. Should be the Jacksonville Suns. Stop naming your teams after food. Anyway, Jacksonville mentioned on Twitter that because of the COVID 19 quarantine, they can't start until June 15. So there you go, there's something on that. Doug Gray runs RedsMinorLeagues.com. He's been a former guest in this podcast and recently sat down with Jack Pohl of WDTN Channel 2, the NBC affiliate in Dayton, Ohio, and talked about the Dayton Dragon season. I'm not going to play the video clip on there. Again, RedsMinorLeagues.com is on here. It's titled the Tuesday Afternoon Reds News and Notes Roundup. I know what roundup and lineups are, I promise. I'm going to spoil it for you, though. If you're wanting minor league ball back in Dayton, Doug doesn't see it happening this year. And he doesn't have great answers for team owners or fans who want to attend games this year. He brings up a very solid point, because with minor league baseball, you get most of your money through the gates. And if you're running sports without people coming through the gates then where's that money coming from I don't know but it also depends really about the other teams in the Midwest League too so again that's on WDTN's Channel 2 with Jack Poll, Doug Gray it's a very very nice uh, video interview it's not a very long interview I think it's about 3 minutes of your time but yeah it's on there So, go and listen to that. Again, RedsMinorLeagues.com, one of my favorite sites. And it also talks about the redrafting the 2015 first round, MLB Pipeline updates, and the Top 30 International Prospect list. And then talking about the Cincinnati Reds World Series appearances, which have been airing on FSN Ohio. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to see them because I don't have that channel. But I really would have loved to see the 1991. Or the Big Red Machine, actually. Actually, I really hope there's like some tape footage of like the 1919 one. I really want to see what baseball's like back then. Like historically, but there you go. Uh, There's no official word yet about the Dayton Dragon season, but Doug Gray says don't plan on it. Which, that would stink because I already have the Dutch Lions wiped away, which I know I'm focusing on myself and it sounds very selfish but hey I gotta work and you know. right now I'm kind of twiddling my thumbs until July 1st now by the way going back to the summer collegiate leagues around here prospect league should be releasing an updated schedule sometime this week not entirely sure about Great Lakes and both these leagues will be meeting June the 1st to talk See if July 1st is still within reach. If it is, then we'll have half a season. If not, then it will probably be canceled. But we have some time. How's it already the 6th of May? I don't know, but there you go. So a little bit about soccer, a little bit about baseball. Now let's talk about 2020, 2021. Some big things happening in this act. The upcoming school year, such as the last year of the cross county conference. By that I mean four schools will be going to the Three Rivers Athletic Conference and the ccc will then pick up Preble Shawnee and Dixie, and then form the Western Ohio Athletic Conference, or the WOAC. I really wish they kept the cross county name, but there you go. Uh let's see. Uh Sinclair Community College not having sports. Yep, I just said that. So, scroll on down to my timeline, because I mentioned it. There's another baseball thing I want to talk about, too. But, this is from David Jablonski. You might know him for his coverage of Dayton Flyers sports. It's from DaytonDailyNews.com. Sinclair Community College suspends all sports for 2020-21 due to COVID-19 crisis. Now, Sinclair... It's doing a very nice thing, as the student-athletes will be offered guaranteed paid tuition. So pretty much free tuition, but no sports. Which stinks, because it was supposed to be the year that Sinclair moved to a ballpark closer to campus. Right now, baseball, who's been very, very strong thanks to head coach Steve Dinneman keeping the program up and at him, Right now, they play at Xenia at Athletes in Action. Wonderful facility, but downtown Dayton to downtown Xenia. Well, actually, south Xenia, but let's not split hairs here. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of a hike, especially since 35 is kind of nasty between North Fairfield and the uh, split, where old 35 goes to Xenia, new 35 goes around it, because traffic. So, Sinclair doesn't field a lot of teams. They field a couple. They have women's volleyball in the fall, men's and women's basketball, and baseball and softball in the spring. So, that's five sports that are affected, and they were told this last Saturday night. There's been a lot of backlash on social media, surprise, that is saying it's way too early to determine that. I... You know? Sinclair's being overly cautious, and they're worried about the health of their athletes, so I give them props for that. But, making the decision in May, compared to wait a little bit, get closer to time, I don't know. I mean, the timing uh, seems a little early, but hey, like I said, Sinclair's trying to do the right thing in their eyes, and they are still giving the athletes paid tuition, which... Is wonderful and I really applaud them for doing that. That means no Sinclair, Tartan Pride to talk about this upcoming year. Reading on further to the bottom of the article, talking about getting the free tuition with federal financial aid grants and Sinclair scholarships as needed, each eligible student athlete who studies at Sinclair will be guaranteed paid tuition and fees for up to 36 credit hours for enrolling between now and the end of spring 2021. And direct support from Sinclair to support their academic process, which is nice. So, like I mentioned, I think it's a little bit early, but Sinclair's trying to protect their assets, their kids. So, does it stink? Yeah, it stinks, because it's fun talking about Sinclair, because they're a good JUCO program. JUCO is short for Junior College. I mean it's a lot of fun talking baseball, especially since Sinclair is normally in the top five in the country. Men's basketball's historic, women's basketball's on the rise, volleyball's been good, and softball's there too. It's just it stinks that's five less teams to talk about in this podcast, but again, you know what Sinclair is trying to do right by their athletes so. Well done, Sinclair. And now with all the bad news that I can remember out of the way, we'll talk about the Bengals draft after you hear these important words. Thanks to TeePublic. Listeners, you can buy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast merchandise. Thanks to Tee Public. You have a strong choice of variety, from t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies, coffee mugs, phone cases, magnets, stickers, notebooks, totes, and even more. Public also holds frequent sales, too, where you can save up to 35% off on just about everything. Visit the com slash podcast, then click on the blue Shop My Store at Public" button. A portion of each sale helps out the podcast. What are you waiting for? Wear the gear supporting the local Sunday Sports podcast thanks to T Public. Again, visit the slash podcasts then click on the blue Shop My Store at T Public button. T Public. Wow, a new T Public ad too? You don't say. Someone's been busy with the audacities. By the audacity, I mean audacity, but there you go. Yeah, uh, all the music's from Splash App, and it's free. You can use it whatever you want. And plus, Public on my press kit, it's now a big giant blue button, so you can click it and go buy stuff. Every little bit helps. It does come back to me, and, you know, in this... Time of need, it does help, so consider it if you have the extra money. If not, I totally understand, but thank you. And now we talk about the Bengals draft, which was canceled by the coronavirus, as you know. So, no, I'm kidding. This year, uh, the first year that the NFL draft was held remotely, and I think it went off okay. You got to see the true form of Bill Belichick, which is just a dog. No, I'm kidding. But that was that was still a cute moment. The Cincinnati Bengals, you might know from last year, went two and fourteen. Ugh, it uh, <laughs> it was not a fun season. Although I will say most of the losses were close. There was only a few blowout games like San Fran, New Orleans, and I'm pretty sure I'm missing a couple. But hey, those are the ones I remember. Sorry. This draft that Cincinnati had. I think, is going to be a turning point for this franchise. Now, you know that the Bengals got the overall number one draft. And we'll go ahead and tell you who Cincinnati drafted this year. In the first pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals selected the quarterback from Louisiana State University, otherwise known to everyone else as LSU, Joe Burrow. Round 2, pick 33, the Bengals pick a wide receiver from Clemson and T. Higgins. Round 3, pick 65, a linebacker out of Wyoming in Logan Wilson. Round 4, pick 107, a linebacker from Appalachian State, Akeem Davis Gaither. Round 5, pick 147, Khalid Kareem, a defensive end from Notre Dame. Round 6, pick 180. An offensive tackle from Kansas, Hakeem Adanajai. And round seven pick 215, a linebacker from Purdue, Marcus Bailey. So that's your seven picks the Bengals had. All in all, three linebackers, a defensive end, an offensive tackle, a quarterback, and a wide receiver. Your undrafted signees for Cincinnati look something like this, thanks to Bengals wire... USA Today for keeping up with this defensive lineman Trey Dishon defensive lineman Tyler Clark offensive lineman Clay Cordasco linebacker Marcel Spears Jr. out of Iowa State cornerback Isaiah Swan from Dartmouth guard Josh Nipfel I believe that's Nipfel also from Iowa State running back Devois Whaley out of Is that Arkansas? I believe that's Arkansas. And linebacker Kendall Futrell out of East Carolina. Wide receiver Scotty Washington of Wake Forest. And that's your UDFA signings. You know what? Like I said. I think the Bengals, this draft, would have been the turning point of the franchise. And I think there is a bright future ahead for the Stripes. So let's recap the picks. Joe Burrow let the college football world on fire this year. Fantastic season. Ended up with the national championship. Here come all the Ohio State fans saying, We should have played there, but the refs. Get over it. You didn't. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I think, Ohio kid from the Athens area, swing on State Route 32 to Cincinnati. Wonderful story, and I think he's going to do well. I just hope the Bengals' offensive line will protect him. The wide receiver pick, T. Higgins. I like that pick because with A.J. Green in the previous few years, injuries have been catching up to him, which breaks my heart. I like A.J. Green. I hope he gets back into tip-top shape. And also John Ross. He was told that after his rookie contract was up, he would not get an extension out of that. So, it's kind of a do-or-die season for him in Cincinnati. So, I think Higgins adds a nice touch on the wide receiver core. Uh, linebackers last year, ooh, rough. But this year... Three solid ones. Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaither, and Marcus Bailey. Only big problem with Marcus Bailey, injury. Kept him out, I think, the entire season last year, I think. But people like that pick, and I do too. I mean, linebacker could be an honest-to-goodness great strength. We go to CincyJungle.com to tell you what they thought of the overall draft. A-minus. And possibly warranting an A. Now, of course, that's counting on some luck in the injury department. And, yeah, you don't want to put luck in the injury department because it always comes back to bite you. So, overall, they rate the draftees like this. A-plus for Joe Burrow. And the description is just one of those creepy parentheses faces. You know, the ones that have, like, the upwards comma. Like, Nye. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot to talk about that. Again, Joe Burrow, great quarterback, and I think he'll do well. I just hope that the offensive line is able to protect him. T. Higgins, the second-round pick. The philosophy of the selection was fantastic, and I like it too. I was kind of hoping Justin Jefferson would fall there, just because, you know... Burrow's got experience with the LSU Tigers. He's got Clemson Tiger he's throwing to now. So I guess, you know, the Tiger-to-Tiger Tiger connection works, but it's okay. T. Higgins, he's going to wear the number 85, and his play style matches well with Burrow, and there's a clear connection made between him and the coaching staff. He'll be a menace on back shoulder throws and can provide the offense. The versatility it loses when A.J. Green and or John Ross third are not playing This again from Cincy Jungle. They gave T. Higgins draft pick a B plus. So youth at the wide receiver end, I, I like that pick, and I think T. will do nicely with Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. Round three, Logan Wilson's pick, the linebacker from Clemson, a B. Probability is based on independent scenarios. If you flip a coin five times, blah, blah 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 blah. The Bengals selecting a third-round linebacker for the fifth time in six years fits in the same logic, so, you know, uh, but the missed on the likes of P.J. Dawson, Nick Weigel, and Malik Jefferson, the odds of Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, succeeding don't get a bump based on past misfortunes. Sounds like a solid player. Older players from weaker programs are statistically unlikely to become high-quality players at the next level. Wilson was productive during his best season in Wyoming, but not to the extent where he counted out his age and the level of competition he faced. That doesn't mean he can't be a starter, which seems to be a fair expectation based on all the things he does well. Again, from Cincy Jungle. There is another point in the draft I'd like to bring up as well from Dan Horde, the voice of the Bengals on radio. Round 4. Akeem Davis Gaither, the linebacker from Appalachian State. A-. minus. Some prospects are just meant to end up with the team that drafted them. You can make this argument for Higgins, and you can definitely make it for Davis Gaither. I believe Higgins and Davis Gaither were part of the Senior Bowl, and they instantly clicked with Cincinnati's coaching staff. I believe those are the two. AGG, he oozes athleticism and plays with an obvious understanding of his skill sets and instincts. And those players just translate... The only issues here, injuries. That's why he was picked up in the fourth round. But the potential reward is worth the obvious risk. And I believe it was Davis Gaither that on Twitter really, really excited. All these picks that I've seen on Twitter, class acts, ready to go in Cincinnati. So that makes me happy. There might be some athletes out there like, eh, a 2-14 Bengals team, I don't want to be here in Cincinnati skyline, eh, but, you know, it doesn't seem like these draft picks or the undrafted free agents are like that, otherwise why are you sliding them, but there you go, round 5, Khalid Kareem, the edge from Notre Dame, I think I said defensive end from Notre Dame, but on the article, It's listed as E.D., grade B. Above average production in the three most predictive categories in solo tackles, sacks, and tackles for loss market share. And also possesses the ideal length and hands, and the ability to use those hands. And has just turned 22. The question mark is the athleticism, and he didn't really get to test that because of an injured shoulder. but. I think he'll fit in nice with the Bengals' defense. Round six, Hakeem Adeneji. I believe that's how you say that. This article I thought had the pronunciation. Adeneji. Yeah, I think so. Offensive lineman from Kansas. B plus on the pick. The Bengals waited a long time to find an offensive lineman they liked in the class, but Adenji is the type you want to land in the later half of the third day. Raw athleticism. One of the most explosive blockers to enter the NFL this year out of Kansas. Led by former LSU coach Les Miles, now trying to turn around the Jayhawks program. You can match the performance in certain combined drills to how a player handles specific scenarios on the field. 34 inch vertical jump, 115 inch broad jump indicate he's quick to get upfield and out of his stance. His 8.323 cone is evidence that he has minimum ankle flexion to properly anchor against power. And that shows up on film a lot. Smart player, started four years at Kansas. Has the same number of offensive line coaches as well. Round 7 is Marcus Bailey, the linebacker at Purdue. There's a talented player still available past the the pick in the draft because he's suffered multiple serious injuries. The Bengals have become the team to take on the risk. Remember last year, they had running back Ronnie Anderson, who I don't believe got into any of the games. I think he got to the depth chart later on in the year, but I don't believe he got any action on the turf. Two ACL tears in each knee four years apart is why Bailey was still on the board in the seventh round. Like I mentioned, injuries, and I'm pretty sure he missed out in the 2019 season. If he declared for the 2019 draft, he could have been a high-round pick, but a return to West Lafayette saw a return to the operation table. Again, two ACL tears in each knee four years apart. Eek. His coverage skills and productivity throughout his career make him a seven-round pick you can reasonably expect to contribute in meaningful ways down the road. So as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Couple red flags on the injuries there, but hey. You know, I wanna see what Marcus Bailey can bring to the table. I mean Yes, the ACL tears in each knee that that uh that's not great, but hey. If you rebound from it, that's a great story to tell. Again, uh, Cincy jungle gave the overall draft an A minus. I think that's a solid A in my book. But then again, I think I said that about last year's draft, and then the Bengals go two and fourteen. So maybe I'm not the one to, to talk about that. But I will talk about the future of the 2020 Bengals. Should we have a season? I hope tomorrow, Thursday, the seventh, the NFL is scheduled to release the. Bengal schedule and it's supposed to be one of the toughest in NFL. So reward a two and fourteen team with the first overall pick, but you get one of the toughest schedules out there. So there you go. Now give me one minute to pull it up on social media, and I can tell you that well, the Bengals have the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens for home and home. In other news, water is wet, and the sun, when shining, is warm. So there you go. I just see a tweet on here. I'm I'm sorry. There's been a lot of blank stares and blanks that I've had. Bengals to sign Joe Flacco to back up Joe Burrow. This is a YouTube video from New Stripe City on Twitter, which doesn't mean it's official, but hmm. Interesting. And someone's tweeted that the Bengals are releasing the schedule before the NFL does. (laughs) That's pretty good. There's a lot of people on, well, a lot of people. I mean, there's one user on here saying that the Bengals are going to win the AFC North, which I I want to have happen, but Baltimore's there. I I think Baltimore's going to be the toughest test. Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be another tough test. But it really rides to see if Roethlisberger can last the season. Remember last year, I mean, I thought Pittsburgh was going to make the playoffs, but just inconsistency is a quarterback, and it doesn't really help. But there you go. Jonathan Joseph's now with the Titans. Huh, I just saw that. <laughs> Breaking news as I read on Twitter. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't do that. Let's go to Bengals. They also get the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. Here we go. Here's the picture. The Bengals will get in Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Jacksonville, the New York Giants, Tennessee, and the Chargers, and Cincinnati will be traveling to Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Houston, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Miami. It always seems like Cincinnati travels to Indianapolis. I don't know if I'm just stupid on that, but there you go. It always seems like Cincinnati's at Indianapolis and never at Cincinnati. But I could be totally wrong on that. So, your future opponents, in case you care about this, for 2021. There'll be an AFC South opponent coming to Cincinnati in 2021 to be determined. It has to do with what the Bengals and those teams finish. And away AFC East. Of course, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. You can count on that for home and home. For home in 2021, Green Bay, Kansas City, Chargers, Minnesota, and away Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Las Vegas. Ugh. I'm sorry, I still can't get used to Las Vegas. I know they haven't played yet in Sin City, but it's just... They belong in Oakland. Didn't the Raiders learn anything when they moved to Los Angeles for like 13 years and then came back to Oakland? I I, I don't know. Maybe it'll work, and... In Las Vegas, I don't know. For 2022, because it's on this article on Bengals.com, at home you can expect Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, along with Atlanta, Buffalo, Carolina, Miami, and an AFC West opponent to be determined. And away, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, New England, New Orleans, New York Jets, Tampa Bay, and an AFC South opponent to be determined. Someone said the Bengals leaked the schedule, and I'm just not seeing it so there you go you can also join the Bengals tomorrow night as Zach Taylor Bengals Marissa and Dan Hoard give their live reactions to the 2020 schedule release that will be 7.40pm on looks like Bengals social media and Bengals Marissa is the team reporter for Cincinnati who day sees the day but there you go so next episode I have no guests on. We'll talk about the Bengals schedule. Like I said, I really think that these new Bengals can really turn the tides and make Cincinnati you know respectable again. Of course, the big thing is getting past the first round of the playoffs, not just making them, but one step at a time. We gotta see how Joe Burrow does his first year with the Bengals. And he doesn't have Andy Dalton to lean on because Dalton, a couple of days after Burrow got drafted, he got released. And the wild outcry is Cincinnati didn't get a thing for Andy Dalton, which, yeah, I'm, I'm not too thrilled about that. But if you read more into this transaction, the Bengals and Andy Dalton work together. And now Andy Dalton is a cowboy for one year, and he can get up to what was it, seven million, depending on how he plays. He'll back up Dak Prescott. I see a lot of Dak slander on there. I don't know how much is warranted, but yeah, I mean, new coaching staff in Dallas. I expect them to you know do more than you know eight and eight and not get to the playoffs, but. You know, that's that's the Cowboys, and we talk about the Bengals on here. Also, i like to say, I think it's NFL memes on Twitter. They photoshopped Andy Dalton's hair to blue because he signed with the Cowboys. It's just... It just looks so funny. Like, Andy Dalton with blue hair. He's now the blue rifle. But, yeah, I... I don't like how it ended, and I think Andy Dalton's been a class act this whole time, but... No, it's time to look at the future. It's time to look at 2020. And it looks like Joe Burrow is going to be leading the way for Cincinnati. And I'm ready for it. I mean, looks like linebacker depth is shored up. Zach Taylor looks to have more of what he wants out of this Bengals squad. Now, of course, it all depends on if we have a season or not. But there you go. 2020. It looks bright for Cincinnati, but there's still... Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland as well. Because I think Baker Mayfield will rebound. I honestly think his sophomore slump was more on the coaching change. I don't know if I'm right on that, and I don't agree that Baker Mayfield's highly overrated, but we'll see. It's a tough AFC North, and you know we've got a lot of great competition. Lamar Jackson, Ben, Big Ben, Baker Mayfield, now Joe Burrow. He's going to be the rookie quarterback out of that class. And I think that'll just about do it for episode 146. Uh, Word of Wise out there, be careful out there. Things are starting to open back up. I think Preble County, where I'm from, hi, they are opening up all businesses to be essential. That's everything. So be careful out there. Wear a mask if you can. Please, thank you. And stay safe and take care of each other out there. That's a great way to end up the end of the Jerry Springer show. I always like how he did that, but there you go. Bengals draft. I really think Cincinnati's got something cooking, and I think it will be a good year. But we'll see how 2020 folds throughout this summer. So to recap this episode, there still might be some summer baseball on tap. Reds and Dragons, still kind of up in the air. Summer collegiate ball, well, you gotta wait till July 1st now. No summer soccer unless the OVPL is still playing, which I'll try to get confirmation on that and mention that when I can. And hopefully we have football because I'm really looking forward to broadcasting a full season of high school football in 2020. But that's a little ways ahead isn't it but there we go if you can shop the store at Tee Public, there's the big blue button at the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast click it you can shop Tee Public for shirts, stickers notebooks, there's phone cases on there uh, mugs you can get the new logo or the old logo the new logo rocks I still like that thing and I'm still surprised that I was able to make something like that but hey not bragging for a day. And news! Before we close out episode 146, just got the email from GeoSavn, Giosavn? J I O S A V N, from your cast. The Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast has been approved. So that means another platform to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast. And a link will go up later on the press kit. That'll be a couple hours. So... If you listen to the podcast on there, uh, it'll be on there. So, huzzah. But thank you for listening. It's always a treat to talk local Cincinnati Dayton sports with you. This is the Cincinnati Dayton sports podcast, wrapping the book up on episode 146. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at theleadwmallon and at Cindy Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast and download the free Flick Chat app, then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.